Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Mace, how are you feeling about your final day in Mobile, Alabama? Hey. What's up? It's a wet day. It's another, it's a, it's another rainy day, but you know. Good week, some good stuff. We'll get into it, uh, get into it later on, and uh, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, travel's going to be all right. And I'll see you at this time tomorrow. Okay, time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Well, in honor of Broncos' new head coach Nathaniel Hackett, I'm going to use a Star Wars reference, like The Empire Strikes Back. John Elway struck back. Hard today on Brian Flores' allegation that Elway showed up hungover for their head coaching interview back in 2019. This is what John wrote. While I was not planning to respond publicly to the false and defamatory claims by Brian Flores, I could not be silent any longer with my character, integrity, and professionalism being attacked. I took Coach Flores very seriously as a candidate for our head coaching position in 2019 and enjoyed our three-and-a-half-hour interview with him. Along with the rest of, our, rest of our group, I was prepared, ready, and fully engaged during the entire interview as Brian shared his experience and vision for our team. It is unfortunate and shocking to learn for the first time this week that Brian felt differently about our interview with him. For Brian to make an assumption about my appearance and state of mind early that morning was subjective, hurtful, and just plain wrong. If I appeared disheveled, as he had claimed, it was because we had flown during the middle of the night immediately following another interview in Denver, and we were going on a few hours sleep to meet, and that was the only window that was provided. I interviewed Brian in good faith giving him the same consideration and opportunity as every other candidate for our head coaching position in 2019. Well, this is as strong as of a rebuttal as I can remember. And Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, gave a rebuttal to Flores as well. If we have time, we will get into that. But what did you think of what Elway said and how firm his tone was? Well, I mean, it's... You know, it's 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 firmly worded. I mean, we all obviously don't hear his voice because it was just a, it was just a written statement. Um, but I, I think on his part, it was probably it was a it was a good thing that he tried that he kind of got into specifics, right. such as the stuff about flying in 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 the middle of of the night. And I thought, and, and noting because the counter to be would be okay. Well, then why were you doing the interview at seven thirty in the morning? And Elway noting quote. It was the only window provided to us, unquote. Because, of course, you have a coach whose team is in the postseason, and in that case, the Patriots uh, were on a bye. And if and so the interview was at 7.30 because there wasn't, in the morning, because there wasn't a choice to have it at 12.30 in the afternoon. 
And I think that, and I think that that is, I think that is key as well. That only interview, only window provide to us means it was not an early morning interview because the Broncos wanted that way. It was because Brian Flores and the Patriots wanted it that way. Dolphins owner Stephen Ross responded to the allegations as well. I'll just talk about it very briefly. What he said, but I have a point beyond this, in which uh, Ross was accused of trying to pay Flores $100,000 for losses. He said this in a statement, I take great personal exception to these malicious attacks, and the truth must be known. Flores' allegations are false, malicious, and defamatory. With that, when I saw these, when I saw this statement, and it's only part of the statement, come out this morning, I'm thinking, boy, you know what, Ross? You really kind of missed the boat on this. You came out with this two days later, and to me, that's kind of lame. You should have come out pretty quickly. Now, the NFL came out 30 minutes after a 60-page document was submitted to them. That was too quick. There's no way you're reading 60 pages in 30 minutes and then categorically deny it. That was ridiculous on its face. I think Elway should have responded yesterday because how I felt about Ross's response today, I'm thinking, why are you responding two days later? Yesterday would have been a more appropriate, and that's the only problem I have with Elway's response. Why do you think it didn't come out till today then? Why do I think what didn't come out till today? Elway's response. Why, I have, I why have do you no think idea. it happened today rather than yesterday? I don't know. And remember, what he said at the beginning was, I was not planning to respond publicly. I can Probably tell you, the lawyer's talking, right? Sure, but but at the end of the day, you have plenty of hours to work it out with the lawyers. If somebody said something about me like that, I would shoot back immediately with after talking to my lawyers, but I would want right. something out the next day, not two right. days that, later. That, that's the thing. Yeah, you'd want to say something immediately, but you don't hear what you want is a statement that is forceful, but not angry. This was angry. This, it was a, but it was forceful and it had details. When it's a, right. when it when it's anger, it's it's clouded by emotion. I'm this, with you. Th- this w- this was shaping again, shaping the narrative with details. And and honestly, that's what I think is worth is worth noting here because you have because in the case of the Broncos, both in the statement that the, that the organization made and the statement John Elway made, they have been emphasizing details of the interview and the hours leading up to it. That's and I think that that that's a key thing here because by by doing that then you're saying okay well here are some details about what about what happened then that is shifting the burden of proof and the burden to provide details upon uh, upon Brian Flores and his and his loss and his lawyers. I am guessing that when this came out roughly two o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday it was all hands on deck for a response. All hands on deck. I'm sorry, but 24 hours is enough time yesterday at 2 o'clock to come up with this. Sorry, I just believe that's the case. I don't think two days... Listen, do I believe Elway? I do. I just wish it wasn't two days later because when I read what Stephen Ross wrote, I'm like, dude, you, it feels like you're playing catch-up. And I'll tell you what's interesting. And you know this as well as anyone. And this is a little surprising. And I'll be curious to know your thoughts on this. Of all the professional teams I've covered, and there have been about 13, 14, whatever, not to mention all the college teams I've covered, there isn't an organization I've ever been around that is better 
at getting ahead of the message. They are the best at getting ahead of the message. Something happens, they get ahead of it. Always. You know that from working with the Broncos. To me, this didn't feel immediate enough for my taste, especially when you consider, especially when you consider this team is so good under Patrick Smythe of getting ahead of the message. I'm not, listen, I believe Elway. I really do. I don't believe Ross for a minute. I do believe Elway. I just think 24 hours is enough time to get seven, eight sentences together. Why don't you believe Ross's statement, but you believe Elway's? Um, because with Ross, um, and I said it on the show yesterday, there are plenty of owners that would rather have a better draft pick. Coaches don't because they're at risk of getting fired. Players don't because their jobs are on the line. But from a big picture, and I think that's how owners look at it, uh, would you rather have Joe Burrow or select number five? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. We'd, we've even talked about it from our, our perspective. I mean, that if you're, and from a Bronco fan perspective, and we've, we've said it leading up to the final game of the season, yes, you're better off losing that game. Right. I mean, I, I said this yesterday on the show, and if you didn't hear me say it, I will repeat it, and this has to do with the Nuggets. I was told by somebody very high up in the Nuggets organization that the coaching staff was told you should do your player rotations this way, essentially an effort not to win games at the end of the season. You know why? Because LeBron James was coming out in that draft. Period. The coaching staff was told, essentially, we don't want you winning games. This is not something that should be new to anybody in sports. We know that tanking happens. So for Stephen Ross to deny this, he's full of it. But when I look at the actual facts, and and the Broncos have been detail-oriented, and by the way, it said if I appeared disheveled, um, uh, flying here in the middle of the night, immediately following another interview in Denver, it's my understanding, Mace, they were in L.A. interviewing Zach Taylor. Isn't that correct? That was my that was my understanding as well, but this timeline is saying they went from L.A. to Denver, interviewed Munchak, and then went to Providence to talk to Flores. Oh, okay. So wait, they did this all basically in a twenty four hour period. They did three hours, essentially uh, three interviews in essentially twenty four hours. Uh, more like three interviews in about probably about about four about about thirty six to forty hours. Okay. Yeah, it was my understanding they were flying cross country, but either way, that was the only part that seemed surprising to me. The Broncos are very, I'm paying them a compliment. They're excellent at getting ahead of the message. I'm just surprised it took this long. That's fair. But may, do you think, and this is what's interesting. Usually you're not blindsided by something coming, but do you think this lawsuit, do you, th- do you think the Broncos maybe didn't have lead time on this? Well, it doesn't matter if they had lead time or not. It came out at two o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday. Right. But usually you're able to kind of anticipate something com- coming down coming down the pipe but it doesn't matter it, it doesn't matter whether you're 24 hours is enough time it was basically 48 hours when did this story break about noon about one o'clock today you yeah but you, it broke the, the statement came out today the story broke a couple of days ago right but again I mean you've got to when you're talking about being sued and, and, and in particular a class action suit right I think they're probably they're, I, I can see why it might take a couple of days because just because of the number of people you have to consult with before putting out before putting out a statement because there may have been, there may have been lawyers saying something like well you're best not saying anything because it'll go on the record because if, it's on the record you know what excuse me for looking at this in black and white 
If you're 100% innocent, doesn't matter what you say. And you know what? You want it on the record. Fine. I'll put it on the record. I'm 100% innocent. What do you need attorneys for? If you What do you need attorneys for to craft your words if you're 100% innocent? That's well, sometimes, sometimes even if you are in, if you, even if you are innocent, there are things that you could, that could be said, that could be said that inadvertently are, are used against you. At the end of the day, this statement is, wasn't taken from a binder. It was about eight, nine sentences. Are you telling me it took 48 hours to craft this? Might have again. Again, ha- there, I'm just, there I'm just are, saying I'm there surprised. Are, there, are th- there are things happening on the that, that are that I'm on not the aware back end that maybe we don't know about. That's fine. Not, and I'm, I'm willing. And I'm willing to say, yeah, those things could have ensured that the statement took 46 hours to come out. I believe Elway. That's the bottom line. I really do. I'm just saying I'm surprised it took this long. With that, Elway is respected around the league. When you go after John Elway, how much do you think it's going to affect Flores with the NFL? He went after a Hall of Famer. He went after a Hall. He went after a Hall of Famer. He went after three. He went after three organizations. I'd say probably uh, in, in particular going after the New York Giants, who are a very, in terms of ownership, with John Mayer and Steve Tisch, are a very respected organization. Sure. I think internally, going after John Mayer and Steve Tisch carries as much weight as going after John Owen. It does, but from it, in the public, in the court of public opinion, yes. going after John Elway—that's right. like that. That's like whoa, whoa, right. whoa! Because everybody around the country is a football fan knows who John Elway is. If you're playing inside baseball, yes, the respect that the Mara family has around the NFL and in those circles is very high. No reasonable person is going to debate that. But John Elway is essentially the face of this. A lot of people don't even know who Stephen Ross is. With that, coming up after the break, this is going to be one of your final segments on the Senior Bowl. You had a nice sit-down interview with Carson Strong, a guy that the Broncos might consider drafting. Want to give us a quick tease on something he said that might want to make people stick around to hear the interview? We call this well, a tease, Car- remember. It's a tease. Yeah, with, well, with Carson tease. Strong, what have we... I know. Let me finish. With Carson Strong, we've talked a lot, a lot about what? His knee? Well... What's the truth about his about his knee and the health of it and where he stands? He'll tell you after the break, after you drive with Goodman and Mason, Mile High Sports Radio, MileHighSports.com. Good. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mason Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend, Dan McKenzie, 
at McKenzie Law. I'd been procrastinating for a very long time about getting my estate plan done, my will essentially, and my living will. And I could not be any happier with working with Dan McKenzie. He was so patient. I had so many different questions and I feel so good about what I did. And it's so important that I did what I did because I don't want somebody making decisions for me. God forbid something happens. I don't want the courts involved in my finances and how it's going to affect my family. I want to make those decisions. As far as the living will goes, if you don't know what that is, if you're in a vegetative state, you're on life support, are you saying it's okay that they pull the plug? That's what I am going to wish for. That's what Andrew has been wishing for for a very long time. So really, Andrew, I did it for your benefit. Even if I'm not on a plug, I'm sure you'd find a way to pull it. With that, go with Dan McKenzie and McKenzie Law. So good at what he does. He's the only guy that I work with. That's why I highly recommend him. Go to the McKenzieFirm.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. Okay, Andrew, you've been down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama this week. A lot of the top quarterbacks who are going to go in the opening couple of rounds are down there, including Carson Strong, and you had a chance to catch up with him, huh? Yeah, I did. Of course, uh, Strong comes from Nevada, and... uh, that's not really the that's not really the big thing. The big thing is he's one of the six quarterbacks down here. Uh, probably is going to be one of the uh, first six quarterbacks taken the draft. That could mean late first round, could mean early second round. But I did start by asking him about somebody that we've had on this show, and that of course is uh, new CSU Rams coach Jay Norvell, who really did a lot to help Carson Strong get to this point. First of all. Yeah, you got Jay Norvell out there coaching CSU. What should people in Colorado know about the guy you work with the last few years? Well, no one loves football more than Coach Norvell. He's a football guy. Uh, you know, he really cares about his players. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really wants his players to succeed on and mm-hmm. off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's an all-around great human being. So, um, Colorado State's got a good coach. Okay. What did you learn from him, and uh, what? Did the scheme that you run, run? how did that prepare you for what you've got this week? I mean, I've learned, you know, basically everything that I know now from him. Um, you know, our scheme, he, he was in the NFL for a few years with the Colts and the Raiders, so he did bring some NFL concepts to our school, but uh, we did run a little bit of air raid and a little bit of his NFL background scheme too as well. So, um, you know, the scheme that he runs, it, it works. Yeah, I'm sure Colorado State is going to be able to put up numbers and score a lot of points. What NFL aspects of the scheme kind of helped you out the last couple of years get you ready for this? Um, well, you know, I'm, a, I'm the type of guy who just learns by getting thrown in the fire a little bit. So, um, you know, I really learn by doing it and making mistakes and trying not to make the same mistake twice. So that's, that's really how I learn. Is there anything that you've already seen that, that has helped you, like, this week? in what's being thrown at you by the coaches in the practice? Yeah, there, there's definitely a few concepts that I've ran from um, in college that I've translated, but there's also a lot of new uh, concepts that I've never seen before and new plays that I've never seen. So, um, you know, I'm just taking it all in. I just want to keep getting better, keep improving as the week goes on. So, you know, by game day on Saturday, I'm ready to go. Uh, like what specifically from Tuesday's practice do you think is something that you feel like you need to improve and work on? 
um, just understanding all the plays when I come up to the line. You know, I don't want to snap the ball and, you know, trying to put the pieces together of who's doing what on the play, you know, as I'm getting ready to say set hut. So, um, you know, I really just want to make sure that I have a good understanding on the plays that I'm running so when I go out there I can play with confidence. Is the terminology similar to what you ran or is it completely different uh, terminology this week? Uh, you know, it's it's completely different. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's a new scheme. It's NFL offense. Right. I didn't even huddle up in college. So, you know, it's definitely different. The, what, so what is that like, transition like? If you didn't huddle in college and you're huddling and you're kind of spitting out the verbiage, like, has there been any trouble with that so far? Um, yeah, a couple of times, you know, I had to tell, you know, Coach Rob to, you know, do it again just because, you know, it just got jumbled up in my head. So it's definitely something that I'm still getting better at, but I'm sure I'm going to get it down here soon. It's the West Coast Verbi, so it's like it's like the 9 or 10 word call that you've got, basically? Yeah, exactly. you got a headset and my helmet now, and he's telling me a play, and then i got to be able to spit it back out. So, Like, what, the first time you got that call, what, like, what was your, re- what, your reaction compared to what you've done before? Um, you know, I'm just scrambling, trying to get my head centered around the play the right way, um, just so I can, you know, communicate with everybody. Mm-hmm. How's the knee, by the way? That's the question everyone wants to know. Well, I think it looked pretty good yesterday. Uh, in all my play action passes and boot outs, I had no problems with it. You know, I'm not the most athletic guy. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, going to run a 4-4 or anything crazy, but, you know, I was fluid with it. I was confident in it. I didn't wear a brace. Um, I had no problems with it. So I think people will see that. Did you? You didn't? Did you stop wearing a brace late in the season, or were you wearing it all the way through last year? Yeah, I, I didn't wear it the last game of the year because I felt confident in that, and I'm not going to wear it going forward because you know it feels good. What exactly was the surgery that you had again on it? Uh, it's called an oat surgery. Um, I basically got a, a tire swap of cartilage. I had some bad cartilage. They took it out, put in some new cartilage. Should that hopefully? remedy the problem permanently is that what the hope is yeah yeah that's the hope and you know it's done that so far what do you think are the two most important attributes that a quarterback needs to have to succeed going forward um i think decision making abilities you have to be a good decision maker um you know anytime you touch the ball every single play you got to be smart with it you got to take care of it um you know i think confidence if you're not out there and playing with confidence then you know it's it's going to show you're going to have leaks in your game so you got to be smart with the ball. You got to be. You got to be confident as a decision maker. Confidence is something you really haven't lacked. It seems based on uh, the, the, the way you've played. Like, where does that come from for you? You know, I'm. Ju- I'm just confident in my game. You know. Um, you know, I stay in my lane. I-, I know what I'm good at, and I know what I'm not good at. Um, so I just try to lean on my strengths. You know, I- I'm a good decision maker. Uh, I take care of the ball. Mm-hmm. I believe that I have top tier arm talent. Uh, you know, and just going out there to practice today, I just really want to make sure that I have good understanding of the plays that I'm running so I can play with confidence because a couple times yesterday, you know, when I'm I'm reading the play backwards or I'm trying to put the pieces together of the play in my head before I stop the ball, you're not going to be able to play with confidence like that. So, um, you know, today I'm looking forward to improve and having a better day. All right, Mace, uh, you had a nice conversation with him, outstanding interview. Uh, where do you think he is on the Broncos list as far as quarterback prospects? Where should he be on their list? Mace, maybe he turned off his uh, microphone. Okay, I'd say not top. Mace, Mace. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? This is, this is the second time in the show this has happened. It happened, yes. Don't turn off your microphone. I'm sure you're eating Cheetos and they're loud, but just leave your microphone on. 
I wasn't eating. I was actually just having a drink. But uh, oh, so then you I, were uh, well, okay. No eating or drinking during the show because if you spill, it's going to go over your notes, and then you won't be able to do the show. I've actually got a clean tabletop right now. But okay. that very, take a picture of it, put it on Twitter, and I'll retweet if I believe you. Oh gosh. Anyway, um, look, I I don't think you'd have him at, at the top of the list, and I think. Uh, uh, th- there, are, there are some reasons for this, and uh, number one, even though he is able to move in the pocket, he doesn't. His mobility is not does not stack up to the other the other quarterbacks. He did have one play today where he did he scrambled and he got about th- about three yards or so because he b- before he slid, and so it was a good decision by him to escape a collapsing pocket and and get what he could, but. These other quarterbacks, when they go out there, talking, of course, about somebody like Malik Howell, uh, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, because they have the threat of taking off and getting a quick 10 or 20 yards, they're going to see simpler coverages from defenses that have to account for their legs, and that's going to help them kind of get settled early. It's going to be Carson Strong's not going to have that benefit. Teams aren't going to have to play him honest. They're going. They're going to know that he's not really a threat to do much with his legs, and it's going to be all about uh, uh, him, what he can do with his arm. So they're going to be. So they're going to have their normal coverages in place against that, and I think that's going to make things a little bit harder for him, and might uh, and might kind of make his development take a, a little bit longer. He's got. He's he certainly has had good teaching from Jay Norvell, but uh, going from the air raid to the N- the NFL, it's going to take some time. Like he said, he hasn't huddled. In college, he 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 didn't you know, he he didn't spit out the ten or eleven word play calls in college like he did in the huddle. So all that is going to be something that ta- that takes time. And the fact that he's had two knee surgeries in in the past uh, that's something that's going to kind of give you pa- pause a little bit. I think he's he's got a very strong arm. It sh- pardon the pun. It showed in practice uh, throughout this week, even on the rainy and windy day that uh, uh, greeted the the players at senior bowl practice on wednesday but uh the the knee is a big concern and uh, you have to account for that account for the lack of mobility so i think if the broncos are thinking about carson strong he's somebody that you're thinking about if you trade back up to the end of round one or go round two to pick a quarterback not somebody you're thinking about at pick nine i'm going to see how much danny is paying attention right now that was a strong interview oh yeah Nope, nope, you were late. No, that pause told you, me you were not ready. You, you had already Danny, said that. Uh, Danny, you Dan- had already told him it was a good interview. I didn't know you were going to praise him again with a pun, no less. Right. I was actually, I had to move uh, uh, the mouse because I was on the. I was on this one uh-huh. that I thought about playing right. when Mace talked about his strong arm. He's a, he's a tall man with a big arm. I even gave you. You did. Warning. You gave me warning. I should have been you on it. You should have had your hand on it. Don't tell me about a mouse moving. I gave you. If I didn't give you fair warning, we would have had dead air for a while. Not necessarily. Yeah. You, you know. You know what? Uh, you know what drop you need to put on right now? Do the Josh McDaniels drop, and I'm going to dedicate it to you. Go ahead. Josh McDaniels sucks. No, not that one. When he was at a football game and on the sidelines. This is dedicated to you. I don't have that one. You don't have do your job? Nope. Well, get it. And I want it for you. We For less, we did, I'm kind of a big deal. Do your job. That one's for you. Okay? 
Coming up after the break, you had 22 years or so of Tom Brady, and you probably have Brady fatigue. Well, you could get a lot more of him even in retirement. We'll explain why next. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. Well, the New York Giants have now taken a swing at the Brian Flores table trying to knock out another leg. I forgot something, Mace, that you and I had talked about um, when when the Giants were in their coaching search and we had been talking about uh, Quinn. Do you remember me saying to you that John Mara made a phone call to Brian Flores I don't remember you saying that. Oh, yes. Actually, I thought I said that numerous times. Like typical shows, you probably don't listen to what I have to say, which is okay because you're not alone. That's probably one reason why I'm divorced. But I digress. The Giants put out a lengthy statement within the last hour or so, and this is the part that sticks out to me. John Mara called Mr. Flores two days after he was dismissed in Miami. Mr. Mara expressed to Mr. Flores that in in that January 12th call that once we had our new general manager in place, we would begin the process of hiring our head coach. And we wanted to meet with Mr. Flores because we considered him a serious candidate for the position. John Elway took a big swing at Flores. The giants who are well-respected took a big swing at Flores. And this is going to be like Rocky. The first Rocky, this thing's going the distance. Make no mistake about it. This could be a class action lawsuit, and I'm not saying there's no validity to it because if we're being completely honest, there's a lot of validity to racism or systemic racism in the NFL. But the truth is, because I remember reading their report and I remember talking about it on air, and I'm joking when I say you didn't remember it, but I did say there was a report that Mara called Flores. Why in the world would the owner Actually, I'll tell you why I said it on air. Because I was kind of surprised that Mara called Flores the day before he hired his GM. And I'm thinking, why would the owner step on the new GM telling him who he has to consider? Yeah, and there's another thing about this giant statement. At the bottom of it, at least the version of it put on uh, Giants.com, the team's official website. They go through the entire day's itinerary that Brian Flores had when he interviewed with the Giants from 845 when he arrived at the facility 
until 3.30 when he met with Joe Shane, who was their recently hired general manager, talking about the, the point of the day when he meets with ownership, the point of the day when he goes on the tour of the facility, the point of the day when he meets with executives, including the PR, the VP of PR, Pat Hanlon. I mean, it, it, this, it's the same kind of thing as the Broncos and the John Elway statements. Here's they're the, trying to they're trying to they're, they're trying to get all the details out there, right? To show like hey like this what like this tra- having this sort of timeline out there and putting names on who he he talked to on, on who he would have talked to because certainly all of these names would corroborate this statement and the, and there are one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve names right that he of people that he he that he met with. With the Giants, according to this statement issue issued by the Giants, so that's, I mean, this is, the, the teams are providing receipts. Right. Brian Flores has got to be prepared to provide his receipts. I think I think the challenge, and I'm not trying to gang up on, on Flores. For, for all I know, he's telling the truth. I'm not saying one side is right or the other. I'm just reading the facts as they come in. But there is a former Dolphins player or a current Dolphins player who spoke out against Flores with the way he treated Tua Tagovailoa, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And Flores had major challenges with his GM, Greer. And oh, by the way, Greer is not white. Right? Yeah. It's and not he, as if the job for 15 plus years. It's not as if the white guy wanted to get rid of the black guy. He had major problems, and from what I have read, Flores wanted Deshaun Watson and wasn't a fan of Tua Tagovailoa. And you could probably Google it about the things that Flores is alleged to have done with Tua Tagovailoa. So Flores doesn't come in totally clean either with his stay there. I have zero doubt that Stephen Ross wanted to lose games for a draft pick. I have no idea if he offered Flores $100,000. Would it surprise me? No, because owners do dumb things, no matter how smart they are in business. That was just stupid. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if that is true at all. And there are a lot of token interviews for head coaching positions. If you really want to, if you really want to, hire a token or interview a token candidate. Talk to Eric B You know, he's not getting the job. He's interviewed with a quarter of the teams in the league. Nobody wants to hire him. And oh, by the way, I had a long conversation before the show today with somebody who has intimate knowledge inside the chiefs organization. Remember I said on the show that, um, that I talked to a former NFL executive and he said one of the biggest problems for B was being disorganized and not having a plan during interviews for head coaching positions. Yes. I was told by this person that people inside the organization have told me that the enemy is disorganized as an offensive coordinator. And Joe, oh, by the way, it would not surprise me one bit that Andy Reed is not happy that he just lost his quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator, Mike Kafka to the giants. I was we knew told- that was that was probably that was potentially coming, right? Correct. Unless the Chiefs, unless the Chiefs backed up the Brinks truck to keep him. And I was told that 
Reed has probably wanted to hire Kafka as his OC for the last two years. But now everything that has been going on with Flores, and I'm not suggesting it is not true, with the temperature in the room right now, there is no way you can fire Eric Bieniemy for Mike Kafka. No way. Reed would rather have Kafka. I have two sources on this. That's who you would rather have. But you can't fire Eric Bieniemy. You can't. Sorry, you can't. It'd I mean, because a- imagine the firestorm right. publicly if, given what the Chiefs' offense has been the last four years, if you fired the offensive coordinator of that. I mean, you think it's been bad in the public sphere because nobody has hired Eric Bieniemy as their right. head coach? Right. Because he, because he is a the national cause here? Right. Even even though I think it's it's not wise to focus on Bieniemy. And look, if, you, if you're going to take up a cause, take up the cause that Jim Caldwell. Right. Well, that's funny you should say that because I told you that NFL executive that I talked to has knowledge of how of what has gone on in the interviews, some of them for Bieniemy. He said to me, and I know I said it on the show, please tell me you remember this. He said, Eric Bieniemy is a media creation. He said, everybody looks at his credentials. Why is this guy not getting a head job? And what And what this executive said to me was, it's because he doesn't come in organized and he doesn't have a plan. And as I've said to friends of mine who are in the media, former football players, I've said with Eric Bieniemy, you are betting on the wrong horse for your cause. Jim Caldwell is a horse you can bet on. Flores is a horse you can bet on. Byron Leftwich. Yes. Todd Bowles. Right. Not Eric Bieniemy. Long list. Not Eric Bieniemy. There's a reason why a quarter of the league has said no. By the way, you want to hear something else? The source sure. I talked to today. Yeah. Uh, Eric Bieniemy was the choice to be the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. So much, in fact, the Chiefs PR department got a request from the Bengals for Bieniemy's picture for the announcement. And at the last minute, they hired. Zach Taylor instead. Why they made that switch, I have no idea. But the enemy was close. They can't complain now, though. No, they can't. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? ESPN ranked the 100 greatest MLB players of all time. We'll uh, talk about who was on that list, who was in the top five, and were there any Rockies? And also, I dropped the ball on something <laughs> yesterday. Kidding, right? Any Rockies in the top five? Can I make a no, guess? No, no, not in the top five, just on the whole list. Oh, I think you said top five because we'll talk that's about not who's much in, of a, that's we'll, not much of a tease. We'll talk about who's in the top oh, five. Oh, gotcha. And uh, also, yeah, I dropped the ball on something yesterday. It was a very special day in sports. Uh, we'll look back at that and take, uh, take some topics in that realm as well after the break right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Play my favorite song. 
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, yesterday was National Girls and Women in Sports Day, so I've got a women's sports topic for you gentlemen this afternoon. U.S. women's national team coach Vlatko Andonovsky decided to forego some household names for this month's She Believes Cup to make room for young up-and-comers who have earned the opportunity to prove themselves. Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, Tobin Heath, Julie Ertz, and Kristen Press will not appear on the USA roster. Taking their place will be Ashley Hatch, Katarina Macario, Ashley Sanchez, and Colorado's own Mallory Pugh and Sophia Smith. What is your reaction to Andonovsky giving some stars the tournament off and the younger talent their chance to represent the USA in the She Believes Cup? Go ahead, well, we Mace. Saw, well, You're the soccer I'll, guy. I'll be, ha- I'll be happy to do it. I mean, one of the things that we saw... Uh, last year at the at the Olympics was a side that looked uh, very that looked old and kind of worn out. Certainly got fatigued, not as, as spry. And and you see this in both men's and women's soccer around the world at a national team level. Sometimes you kind of reach a point where you have to recycle a little bit. You, you have to you have, you have to go to another point on the cycle and start getting some younger players in there. Ideally, you're not doing this all at once. This is compared to the World Cup, compared to the Olympics, the lower stakes event. This is a chance, this is a chance I think to see what you what you've gotten if you can't start incorporating some of these younger players into the lineup because we are bearing down on the next women's World Cup coming up here in about uh, in, a, in about 16 months or so. So if that if the US is going to have any shot at continuing his dominance in the World Cup, they're going to have to get some younger players out there on the national team. It's a great opportunity to do that. I'm good with that. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, it, it's it's just re- it's real simple. I mean, to me, it it makes it makes it makes a lot of sense. I mean, the U.S. has had a, a golden generation in women's soccer that has accomplished everything you can in the sport, but you can only hang on but for so long. I know I always enjoy watching that U.S. Women's National Team kick some butt. So uh, of course, because yeah, they we'll kick see. butt because they win. I mean, and, exactly. And, and the, sta- the standards are near impossibly high, right, Danny? I mean, it, big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill for sure. Right. Anything short of winning it all is considered disappointing. Just in case you missed it, ESPN ranked the 100 greatest MLB players of all time. And uh, we'll go through the top five first, see if you guys are surprised by any of these names. Number five, Ted Williams. Number four, Ty Cobb. Number three, Mace, your guy, uh, Henry Aaron. Number two, Willie Mays. And number one, Babe Ruth. Uh, Any surprises in that five? 
I don't. I don't think you can. I mean, you can argue it, but I think you can argue for that list in that order. Um, I think Barry Bonds. You can argue to be in that list. Don't tell me about PEDs. Barry Bonds was at number eight, and he should be, and he should be. Uh, he should he, be number eight. No, he 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 should be at least top ten for sure. I mean, he was a. Yeah. Did he win like three or three or four MVP awards when he was like in Pittsburgh? Uh, I don't, I don't know that he won three or four. he won two two in Pittsburgh. Just two. He okay. won two, and then he won the first year in San Francisco, which was right after Pittsburgh. Right. So he won three in four years before his body type changed. He won three and four. He won three and four years. Yeah, he yeah right? he won. So he won three before the effects of what he was taking really took root. Yeah. Uh, any guess on the highest-ranked active player on the list? Wow. Highest-ranked active player. Oh, God. Oh. I, I really have to uh, go through my All time, right? Okay, so are we considering Albert Pujols still active or no? Uh, you could consider that, but well, then you he's, would then be he's incorrect. There. I bet he's about 30. Okay. Right on. He is uh, Mike 30. Mike Trout? Good job, Mike Mace. Trout? Yeah, it's Mike Trout. Yeah. He's right there at number 15. By by the way, Mace, we only have about a minute left. Uh, Nolan, obviously the, the diehard Cardinals fan in the office here, believes that uh, Pujols should be higher than Derek Jeter. Do you agree? Um, well, if you're going by wins above replacement all time, yeah. Pujols is 32nd and G- Derek Jeter is 94th, so right. he's got a point. Okay. All right. There you go. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just no Rockies on the list. Oh, no no, uh, Larry Walker. No. Not surprised. Andrew was also surprised at that. Hmm. Or he was surprised at that. Not um, not Tinoco. He's not on the list. Nope. Drew Pomerantz. Take that as a no. That was Mountain High Appliance. <laughs> Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. Um, and... It's their sales staff that really makes the difference. Obviously, they have great appliances. They can help you find something to fit your budget or uh, you want to redesign the entire kitchen. But you really want to work with people when you're making a, a purchase like that who really know what they're talking about, can answer all the right questions. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, well, there's reportedly a new team potentially in play for Aaron Rodgers. And this one came out of nowhere. You can make the case, huh? I can see why he might want to play for that team. That's next.